Oh yeah. It's Wild Card Weekend, baby. And we got the gang back. We got the crew together. We got uh, Pete the Irish guy. We got Can't Miss Mitch. What's good, fellas? You ready to talk some football? Recording in progress. Ooh, we got robots. We got it all. It's been a long time, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Brad, what's up, dude? We could not even hear any of the jams going oh, back and forth. So That must have been very awkward to listen to. It was a little awkward. Okay. You know, but it's good to have you on my side. It's just, you know, uh, frat horns blaring all sorts of bass and shit. Just trust me. It was, t- it was lit. Great to have you back, Brad. Mm. Um, I miss yeah, you. Guys. The season ended well. We, we missed you, but ready for ready to talk some playoff football. This is, this is what we want. So real quick, what we're going to do here, we are in a uh, wild card weekend. We're going to pick the first two games. I'm assuming we're going to do the two Saturday games, right, Mitch? Yeah. We'll pick the first sure. two games. We're going to drop that, that on the primary backdoor cover podcast feed. And then the following four picks are going to go on the premium uh, Patreon channel. If you haven't subscribed, go check that shit out. Uh, $10 a month. Uh, bet the algo. You know the drill. We've talked about it at nauseum. It's, it's the shit. And uh, it's going to continue to be the shit. Uh, but boys, what's good? You want to talk some football or what? I'm ready to talk some football. I think. Peter has some good statistics uh, that we made. He's our, we call them mixed stats. Ooh. Okay. A, he loves McDonald's. His last name starts with a Mac. Mm-hmm. His favorite quarterback is named Mac. Ooh. So, yeah, you've got some good stats around how the algo's done overall. The overall record, I will give the circa record and a couple of interesting tidbits followed after you, Pete. Yeah, we listen, week 18 is tough. Uh, Mitch, we talked about it a little bit. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Lots of people sit out. That's what we talked about. It's difficult to handicap and really know what's going on there, which is probably why it's a weekend like that where you just you want the algo to tell you who to pick, right? So you don't have to get in your own way, but um, poor finish for myself. Two and 13 weekend. Mm. That was the worst weekend of the year. The worst total. Saved it for the last weekend. Um, But overall, I finished at 135, 127, 52%. Brad, you finished at 125 and 137, 48%. You are now avoiding every bookie that you have burned <laughs> in Austin. You're down $2,450. Your baby, I don't know if there'll be diapers. I think we can do a diaper drive, maybe a toy drive. Ooh, nice. Kind of like Hamlin had his charity, toy charity. I think we could do something for you um, to fund some of that. But Mitch, you beat Diago by one pick in the end, 142 to 120. The Algo finished at 141 and 121, 54%. Both of you in the green on the season. The Algo up $590. You were up 780. That's not bad. I don't mind that. I'm glad I beat the Algo. Things definitely evened out as we kind of hit, I think, you know, kind of our pinnacle around just shortly after mid-season, it felt like. Um, but one of the things I did want to say, we finished tied for 566th place in the Circa 5 with an absolute dismal showing 
like I think weeks 15, 16, and 17. I believe we, we, we had a one and four week there, which was almost impossible to do because there were plenty of winners that the algo was spitting out. 566th place out of basically 4,700. We were really, really close to being in the money. The circa five picks went 56%. And one of the things I did a return on investment calculation and it returned 7% had you just bet these circa five picks. 7% in four months. When I think about the annualized return, that's a 21% annualized return, which if you look back at all of your investments in 2022, oh barf. <laughs> this was one of the best investments hands down and the most fun. So 10 bucks a month was dirt cheap for that. I thought it was, you know, I thought we had a a good inaugural season for the Patreon subscribers. Week 18, I'll say was definitely very difficult. The really great thing, four of the top five picks all hit. The only one that did not hit was the Raiders, but we, the algo had Carolina uh, as um, Carolina hit, right? Am I? Yes, correct. Carolina, the Rams and Detroit, and it had Detroit winning outright. It had a very close game in the Rams. It did have the Rams winning outright. That went uh, won by a field goal. And uh, that Carolina Carolina winning outright as well. And they won outright. So that's pretty special. Oh, and Houston. So all of these dogs, all won outright, the top, you know, four out of five. So yeah, as as tough as week 18 is, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, one last quick thing here. And it kind of hits on why an algorithm like like something like the algo that's may giving you the data to make those smart picks, why it's so important. A look at my record at 135 and 127, you're 52%. You're still losing money mm. hitting on that, which shows how difficult because of implied odds, because of the minus 110 you're getting on the spread, you're losing money on the season. You've got to be up in that 53, 54% range to be winning money, which shows you how difficult it is, which is why you know the algo is, is so important. Yeah. And we only had, I believe we had four losing weeks. Really, one of those was a really bad losing week because I believe we we were really, I'm sorry, five losing weeks because last week was technically a losing week, really difficult. And I don't think we would have recommended betting a lot of those games. But one of the things I had you look back at was looking at just outright winners. What were the numbers when you went back and you saw what the algo did on outright winners? Yeah, outright winners since week four. Um, outright winners were 136 and 84, which is a pretty spectacular record. 61.8% straight up. The algo got spot on. Uh, I've given you the outright, outright winner. It's super important. If you look at the data from last season, the amount of times where the spread actually came into play in 2021 was only 14% of the time out of all the total games in the NFL season. So the outright winner is, is really important, especially as you said, if you were taking underdogs here, 
the smart thing to do on betting underdogs from, you know, the one to seven range is splitting your bet on the spread and the money line. Uh, that's the smart way to do it. That's how you really make money. So outright winners, 61.8%. I love that because for any of those, just pick them games, the data can be extremely helpful. And there's a bunch of dogs in there, right? It's not just taking uh, these heavy, heavy favorites. There are yeah, a lot, lot of dogs in there. And you know, it, it was amazing. I we I went on, well, figuring out some of this data last night, went down a, a bit of a rabbit hole. Some really interesting things that we found. Um, but the number of, of straight up winners of underdogs in the three to five point range, it was, it's, and over the last two years, it's greater than 50%, which is wild on the money line. Um, so that they're the ranges where you can really find value. I love to hear that. Good find, buddy. Thank you so much for doing all that digging through the data and uh, coming up with some solid info. I'm just so ready for next season already. I'm just going to win everything. Can't wait. Let's go. Mixed stats coming at you. Guys, should we get into the very first football game here with uh, Seattle on the road at San Francisco? I believe we should. All right. Uh, seeing this line drop from the Niners laying 10 to nine and a half. By the way, the Niners surprisingly 11 and six against the spread. Seattle felt like they started off very strong against the spread. They're now just seven and 10 against the spread. Money is split 68% of the tickets, though, on the 49ers. Yeah, it's an interesting game. I think you nailed it with. The start, first half of the season, Seattle looked awesome and shocked everybody. Geno Smith was, you know, one of the most efficient passers. His QBR was really high. His rating was really high. Complete, he completed an, an extremely high number of um, passes as well this season. He was, you know, near the top, if not at the top, in terms of percentage. But the second half of the season, Seattle kind of became the team that we all expected. Um, they struggled to win games second half of the season. This game, it's pretty simple for me. If this game was in Seattle, I think there'd be a chance that they could keep it close. I think going to San Francisco is just way too difficult. It's way too difficult for this Seattle team, even though it's a lot of points. I don't think Seattle will score more than 17. 17 sounds about their limit, especially if you look at them recently in terms of scoring. Add that to the fact that this San Francisco defense is incredibly good. And San Francisco, I think, will get to at least 28. They are Their offenses look great. It hasn't skipped a beat with Brock Purdy. They can score points. They have so many weapons. So with all that, that math leads me to believe this is uh, the San Francisco will cover this spread, even though it's a lot. Give me San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I like San Francisco. And to me, this is like your classic case of just happy to be here with Seattle. They open up the season and they smoke Russ and Broncos country. And like it just kind of snowballs from there. They have a really successful opening half of the season. Like you said, they're coming out. They have the better of the two quarterbacks. Plus, they get this list hall of draft picks. Plus, it's a better salary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they've come out like unblemished. And in fact, they come out smelling like roses in this Russ trade. 
they have a, a they way outperform their season. Everybody could pick them to be towards well, not everybody, but I especially picked them to be towards the back half of the league, if not one of the worst teams in the league. Here they are; they're in the fucking playoffs. Uh, the fact that they limped through beating uh, L.A. last week of the uh, regular season and like no Donald, no nobody, no Cooper Cup, no nobody. I mean, they're just on they're on fumes here. I think they're just happy to be here. And I think San Fran might be the best team in the playoffs. And I think that that comes through in the sp- score here that they cover San Francisco all day. They're definitely a phenomenal team. We know that right now, the last three games, this offense is averaging 37.3 points a game. They're ranked sixth overall year to date. So definitely outperforming their average over the course of the year. They've been unstoppable. I mean, their win streak has been actually, you know, remarkable. Granted, they haven't played, you know, the best teams. You you think about, you know, um, Washington, Vegas, and Arizona to close out <laughs> at home. They they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And by the way, uh, they only won that football game in Vegas by three. Yeah. So, you know, this team, as great as their offense has been and as great as their defense has been for the year, this is the number one ranked defense year to date, giving up 16.3 points a game. But the last three games to those crap teams, these guys are averaging 22.3 points a game on defense. So, um, you know, you look at teams, you mentioned the Rams. The Rams actually have been letting up less points. Detroit has been letting up less points. But most importantly, Seattle, they're just giving up 15.3 points a game. 15.3 points a game. That's better than Baltimore, Jets, Cincy, Buffalo. Is that over the last three games? Yes, sir. Mm. And that is a big factor to the algo. The other component, this is the third game that the Hawks and the Niners have played. Yeah. The Hawks haven't won. They have not won to beat a team three times. Granted, you can beat up on your little brother three times. It's automatic. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think they're going to beat them three, three times, but that's a great point. And it was something that I looked at like, Seattle knows what's going to happen in the game. And so it's their best chance to keep it close. So, yeah, I do like that point a lot. One quick last thing, San Francisco, before you give your pick on the other, San Fran in their last five home games are 5-0 and against the spread. So it's a tough place for teams to go and keep it close. Well, I think this 10-game winning streak continues. It definitely goes to 11. But give me Seattle with the points. Mm. The algorithm has San Fran winning 29.51 to 21.48 at a nine and a half point spread. You're getting just under one and a half points of value on the Hawks. So right there, that 28 points that you were talking about, you said Seattle is going to stick around 17. I think they can get a little bit more and uh, we could potentially, potentially see a backdoor cover by Seattle. This game could feel out of hand as San Fran backers will sit back with their legs up and coast. And then all of a sudden Seattle could break some hearts late. Mm. Yep. All right, guys, we've got one more for you here. I'm excited about this late Saturday evening game. The chargers go on the road to the Jags 
This line is sitting at two and a half. No real line movement here. I did see it move uh, a little bit. I'm sorry. It did open up at one and a half yeah. on the Vegas Insider Consensus. I saw it hit to two. And right now I am seeing two and a half. So, guys, what do you think here? By the way, when I'm looking at this, 54% of the money and 58% of the tickets are on the Chargers who are 11, 5, and 1 against the spread. Jacksonville, just 8, 9 against the spread. Yeah, it's a, the Chargers have been a bit of a darling for, you know, for covering the spread this season and have looked good. Good enough for Herbert to win me over. I think he is the real deal and he's going to be awesome. Um, Jacksonville, though, they started the season two and six and ended with a winning record. It's really, really impressive what Doug Peterson's been able to do. And they've switched the mojo. Uh, listen, they went back and forth for a lot of the season, like we play well one week, not, not great the next. They seem to have corrected things late in the season. Their defense is playing really well. This game to me, although when I looked at it, right, when I looked at some of the numbers in terms of they feel even, the Chargers in the last 10 games against Jacksonville, the Chargers are 9-1 and one against the spread, which was pretty amazing. So they've dominated against the spread against Jacksonville. But the game to me feels like a very tense, low-scoring Back and like tight, a lot of punt, a lot of punting going on. Maybe some red zone turnovers from both teams. That's what the game feels like. It feels like a a 16, 13, 17, 13 game. I think both quarterbacks are going to be nervous. Like they both really want to win a lot, and I think both teams expect to win, which is why it'll be really close and really tight. I don't think it's a high scoring game. Because it's going to be so low scoring and, and close and tight, what I think, I'm going to take the team that's getting points. And I love the fact that that's the home team here. I'll take Jacksonville with, with the points at home. Yeah, so it's the young stud bowl. It's, it's yeah. two of the youngest, brightest stars coming up in the league right now in Herbert and uh, Sunshine over there. And to me, like the guy who this kind of hinges on, the thing that gives me the most confidence in the Chargers is Mike Williams, the receiver. I think he opens up that offense, and I think that he changes a game for him. And right now, he's questionable for play on Saturday. I think if he plays, I think that really is a difference maker and that it unclogs the works for uh, this Chargers team. Without him, I feel pretty good about taking the points in Jacksonville. And so with a, question, a questionable designation next to him, I'm with you, Pete. I'll take the home dog. Uh, I, I just like the role that Jacksonville's on and like they're winning these games without all of their key pieces like actually really playing great like they'll have a game where ETN doesn't really have any yards but you know the the passing game carries them and Kirk goes off or whatever it may be I think that they've got a good defense and I think that this is uh I think this is where uh, Sunshine comes out on top here I think Jacksonville gets a win this is a really, really tough game. I think you boys nailed it. And I'll just add a few things here. Jacksonville is on a five-game winning streak. Five-game winning streak. Mm. They've won six out of seven. Their only loss coming to Detroit. They've beaten Tennessee twice. They've beaten Dallas. They've beaten the Jets. All very formidable teams. And they beat Baltimore. 
back in late November. I don't know. I think Lamar was probably out that game, but I can't remember. Uh, they kept it decently close against Kansas City on the road. They lost by 10 points. This defense is bananas. Bananas. They are playing lights out. Their last three games, they're only giving up 7.3 points a game, which is, it just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you have two games, and the reason why that Jets and the Texans game, they only gave up three points. So this defense has stepped up quite a bit. I'm going to give the edge to the Chargers because of offense. And their defense, by the way, isn't playing bad at all. Let's not forget that. This is the fourth best defense in the last three games. They're only giving up 14.7 points a game. So this is a phenomenal defensive late, kind of what we expected all year uh, for what the Chargers haven't been doing, but they've been doing it as of late. But on offense, this Chargers offense is right behind Kansas City. Kansas City is the number one ranked offense year to date, averaging 29.2 points a game. Their last three, they're putting up 27.3, and the Chargers are right behind that at 26.3. I'm going to give the edge to the Chargers, and I think the Chargers are going to win this game. Mm. So if I'm betting on this game, I'm going to take the Chargers, and I'm going to take the Chargers' money line. The two-and-a-half points is what makes me really scared. Mm. So I don't know if I would take the two and a half points here on uh, uh, on either team because I think it's going to be very very close. So uh, I- I'm going to say I'm going to say give me give me the Chargers right now. The algorithm on a two and a half point spread has the Chargers winning twenty four point eight to twenty two point four three. That two and a half point spread gives you 12 tenths of value <laughs> on Jacksonville. Mm. So if this thing drops to two points, the yeah. algo's pick is going to flip to the Chargers. I don't know where this is going to end up, but uh, yesterday I saw it. It was at two points. Today it's at two and a half. Maybe this thing goes to three. Uh, if it goes to three, I think you want to take that that value on on Jack. I don't like the Chargers minus three, that's for sure. Real quick note here, uh, Jacksonville-Baltimore game, November 27th. Lamar did play, so Jacksonville won 28-27. Just calling that piece out. Thank you for... See, that's why I love having you, Brad. Hey, I got all the good feels now, baby. Good to get you away from the baby for a minute. Yeah, just a little breathing time. So the rest of these picks, the rest of our picks for Wildcard Weekend are going to be on the Bet the Algo Patreon page. Go check them out. Uh, this is where we're going to leave the backdoor cover audience. And uh, until next time, love you much. Thanks for listening.